The following segment is from the Off Day Debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Buccaneers get a narrow, and I mean narrow, victory on Monday Night Football 25-23 over the New York Giants. And to help me break this one down and sort of take a bigger picture look at the Buccaneers, I'm very happy to be joined by Evan Winter from Bucks Nation. How are you doing, Evan? Doing well. A little, Still a little on edge from last night, but like you said, thank goodness for Antoine Winfield Jr.'s forearm. So as long as we've still got that going, uh, it's, it's a good morning. Just for full disclosure, when I emailed Evan and asked him to come on the show, I said, look, we're not going to talk much about the Monday night game. We'll get into sort of bigger picture things about the Bucs season because I thought the Bucs were going to run the Giants out of the building. Like, I didn't even think this game was going to be close. And I mean, we are literally a two-point conversion away from a tie game and who knows what could have happened. And if, to be honest, if Daniel Jones throws the the pass on time, a a two-point conversion, they might have scored. But as it is, the Bucs narrowly escaped. But what happened in this one? How was it so close? You got to give a ton of credit to the Giants, man. They came out ready to play. They had a good game plan. Coming into this game, I talked about it on my game preview uh, for Bucks Nation, is the Giants have a really good defense. Well, maybe not really, but they have a solid defense. And if this offense could just give them a little bit of momentum, give them a little bit of breathing room, then it could be a top 10 unit. There's a lot of things they like. They get after the quarterback. They can stop the run. They've got James Bradbury back there, obviously. We saw him last night. So they came out with a good game plan. Bruce Arians talked about it after the game. The Bucs came out flat. They got caught off guard. A lot of people were wondering if this would be, in fact, a look-ahead game. And honestly, I just think the Giants played really, really well, and the Bucs made just enough plays at the end of the day to uh, to pull one out. Honestly, the Giants were the better team. If Daniel Jones hits – some of those open receivers. Uh, granted, now the Giants were in this game because of him as well, so I don't want to take too much away from him. But if if he makes those plays, we're talking about a whole different ball game. So hats off to the Giants. They did a hell of a job. Tom Brady appeared frustrated multiple times during the game last night, and he's doing his Brady thing where he's slamming helmets and screaming on the sideline. Like It's one thing for him to do that in New England, and Patriot fans are just used to it. But this is his first year in Tampa Bay. What what do you what's your reaction when you see that from him? I don't mind it. I like seeing the energy. I like seeing the passion. Everybody describe or everybody expresses themselves in certain ways. But as long as he's not throwing, you know, hissy fits like kicking goalposts and stuff like that on the sideline, then you know, there's there's always context to everything. And there was a lot of frustration, um, especially with me on with the coaching staff and running the ball on first down. I get it. It helps set up plays on down the line. You want to establish the run. But at the same time, you have to have some level of creativity in doing this, especially in this day and age. And the Bucks had 14 carries for 33 yards on first down compared to like over 80% passing. I think it was 12 to 15, something like that, um, for over 150 yards and two touchdowns through the air on first down. There was at one point Tampa Bay like had like 11 of 12 passes um, on first down. And they had 13 points during that span, but then they ran the ball three straight times after that. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just – I don't really understand. But um, obviously Brady's probably has a whole ne- another level of frustration, but there were certainly moments last night where I can understand why people were just kind of wondering what the hell was going on. So the Bucks get the win. They are now 6-2. and two you know, in prime position to possibly end up with the number one seed in the NFC. Things seem to be going well. And yet 
you're about to add Antonio Brown to the mix. <laughs> Here's my thing with Antonio Brown. The Bucks offense is pretty good. They have good wide receivers. How much more does Antonio Brown really add to your team? It's insurance at this point. Um, you know, the move overall, you could question it all day long and completely valid. However, Chris Godwin, as we saw, didn't play last night. There's a chance he misses this game. And then there are even – this is just rumors. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But there are even some who think he might miss three to four weeks instead of just this week and the Saints game or this last week and the Saints game. So with Godwin out, Antonio Brown fits right in. He can play inside, outside, all that other good stuff. You know, it's just obviously the huge, huge character concerns – and my biggest question with the whole thing is because, you know, a lot of his incentives don't get approved unless the Bucks make the playoffs. Actually, none of his incentives are approved unless the, the Bucks make the playoffs. It's all based off what Tampa does as a team. Either way, though, if he still kills it over these last eight games and sets himself up with a good stat line, he will still be in line for a big contract next year. So is he really doing this to win games and show that he's on the redemption path? Or is he doing it for just one more big payday before he can cash out? Regardless, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes in terms of just adding a playmaker. Obviously, it's Antonio Brown. We've seen Gronk take a little bit to get acclimated. Don't know if that's going to be the same case with him. But if Brown gets rolling like Gronk is currently rolling around week 14, 15, 16, then all bets are off with this offense. When Bruce Arians said that Tom Brady had nothing to do with the signing of Antonio Brown. I said that was absolute bull, and he's full of it. You follow the team a lot more closely than me. Am I right or am I wrong? You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's it's Bruce. He's He just says stuff like that. Obviously, he's going to take up for his guys. He's going to kind of put things on him if he needs to. I mean, that's what any good head coach would do. That's what any leader would do. There's absolutely no way you don't run this decision by Tom Brady and you don't factor in his input because this could divide the locker room. There are guys on this team who might not want Antonio Brown, but if there's one person who can pull everybody together and say, guys, trust me, we got this with him. I got this with AB. It's Tom Brady. There's just absolutely no way that Jason Light and Bruce Arians just sat down in Jason Light's office and was like, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, we're not going to talk to anybody else. So yeah, man, you're, you're 100% on track. And Where's Antonio Brown living again? Tom Brady's house again. Apparently. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's just wild, man. Like if 2020 could get any weirder, like I don't know. I mean, we we depends on what happens today. Who knows how we, how much weirder it can get? But that aside, um, yeah. Just if you would have told me two years ago this is where the Bucks would be right now, I would just have laughed you off the stage, man. It's just absolutely crazy. Hey, just ride the wave, man. Look, I root for the 49ers. You have to. 274 days ago, they were in the Super Bowl. So a lot can change in less than a year. And the schedule, you know, it's not a cakewalk for the Bucks no. the rest of the year. I mean, they play the Saints, like you said. They've still got to play the Rams, which is not going to be easy. The Chiefs game, which is just going to be, I mean, oh, I Mahomes, Brady, yeah. incredible. I mean, even the Vikings show a little bit of fight there. There's This isn't a cakewalk for Tampa Bay the rest of the way. Right now, if I said you are 11 and 5, would you be satisfied with that? 100%. I had them at 10 and 6 coming into the year. So 11 and 5 would be not only an improvement on that, but it would just show that they are winning the games they need to win. Um, even the Panthers game, that's going to be tough. This is a Panthers team that was hanging in there in the fourth quarter 
until Leonard Fournette and Carlton Davis come through with a couple big plays. And we've seen the Panthers be able to upset some people. So they definitely have a tough schedule left ahead. But if they finish 11 and five, that's totally fine with me. What is the thing that keeps you up at night with this team? Like they seem to be doing well. They're obviously, you know, like I said, in prime position for the number one seed in the NFC. If there's one sort of fatal flaw that they have that could lead to their demise, what is it? Mistakes, um, really bad penalties. Obviously, Brady's been a lot better about interceptions, but we saw the Ronald Jones fumble, which still a little questionable on my end. But it's just at this point, it's mistakes and beating themselves. Uh, But if you want to add a little side note, play calling on the offensive side of the ball, um, it's just it has to be more creative. They can't be so predictable. They're, They're not talented enough on the offensive line in run blocking to just smash heads every play. They've got to start using more pre snap motion. Um, they have all the players to do it, but you know, that might be a next year thing. Cause even Bruce Arian said before the game, he thinks this team will be at its best, probably not till next year. And that's kind of been his, the way he sells his offense anyways. So, but mistakes, definitely this team beating itself is what keeps me up at night. But like I said, that little extra trigger is a play calling on the offensive side of the ball. Where's your confidence level with the defense? Because I think they're good. I don't think they're as good as Bruce Arians thinks they are. To me, I don't I don't know. I, I'm not saying they're bad by any stretch, but they don't have that one terrifying player that keeps me up at night. Where do you put this defense? I'd say top 10 for sure. I don't know necessarily if they're elite. I think without Vita Vea, they, they can't be an elite defense. They just don't have, like you said, that wrecking ball up front. They've got great edge rushers they've got wrecking balls in a different context in Levante David and Devin White but then this is kind of what I talked about when Vea first went out sure the Bucks are gonna get by the first few weeks without Vea and scheming up their pass rushes their blitzes all that stuff but what happens once teams start getting tape on how they're scheming this stuff up and granted they had three sacks last night probably could have had a couple more if not for Daniel Jones's legs however that's going to put a lot of stress obviously on the back end and when you have players making mistakes like Jamel Dean and obviously you're getting more tape on them, then it kind of just creates a lot of questions. And then plus with the offsides penalties, man, I mean, God, Shaq Barrett's talked about it himself. He's even said, you know, hey, it's going to happen basically because I'm trying to get after the passer. But, dude, they just they have so many issues with neutral zone infractions and offside penalties. So I would say it's a top 10 defense overall, but they've still got a lot of proof. And Ultimately, these next three weeks are going to be, or actually next four weeks, are going to be a huge, huge test. Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.